Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello, welcome back to To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Jim Morrow. I'm a family doctor in North Georgia. I'm with what was Morrow Family Medicine, and now we're very proud to be a part of the growing uh, practice of Village Medical across the country. We are a primary care practice with two family docs and two internal medicine doctors and three physician assistants and a nurse practitioner. So we've grown a little bit in the last little while, and we're excited about that. I am once again here in my office studio, and my producer, John Ray, is there at home in his luscious decked out home studio i love saying that because it's true hey john how are you i'm great how are you today i'm good good i'm good good yeah i think we've got a good show today i could i couldn't pronounce it but (laughs) so i'm looking forward to the show so i know how to pronounce this you didn't go for anaphylaxis i that was not my first guess it means when medicines fight back that's what it means okay maybe that's what we need to title the show it occurred to me while you were running the intro. I think that's a pretty good name. I like it. It's not always medicines, but in this case it is. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to have every medical condition that I treat. And so far I'm doing really, really well. Uh, I've got a lot of things I've, I'm you know, experiencing them so that I can explain to my patients what they should expect and how, should, how they should feel. And we're doing this today because last week I had an anaphylactic reaction to a medication. So I started a new medicine about three weeks earlier, a month ago now. And Tuesday of last week, driving to the office, I noticed that my right palm was just itching. And it was, you know, it's unusual. My palm doesn't usually itch. And I'm driving my pickup truck and there's a logo on the console next to me and it's a little bit rough. So I'm just kind of rubbing my hand on the console most of the way to work. And I got, I typically get to the office 6.30 or so. And about 7.30, it was getting worse. And I saw a patient or two and it's getting worse. And I went in the bathroom and looked and my face is red and my lips are numb feeling. And I'm itching other places, arms and the groin, my back, my stomach, everything's starting to itch. And I went down to see um, one of my PAs, Jamie Cutter, who's absolutely brilliant. I said, Jamie, do I uh, do I look weird? She said, well, you look kind of like Angelina Jolie. My lips were swollen. It was terrible. And so in very short order, they gave me a couple of uh, shots from an EpiPen, which frankly did absolutely nothing. And then... Uh, what else did you give me a shot of cortisone, which did nothing. And somebody thought to check my oxygen level when they did, it was 85. So they broke, broke out the oxygen tank and the mask and they put all that on me and they whisked me away in the car to the emergency room. And in the emergency room, they gave me some IV steroids and IV Benadryl and some IV fluids and it all got better. And it really got better pretty quickly, but uh, I had developed an allergy to this new medicine that I'd been taking. And I wanted to talk today about allergic reactions and especially reactions that get to the extent of what is called anaphylaxis, which is a systemic multi-organ sort of 
allergic reaction. And it's life-threatening in some cases. It certainly can be. And I was lucky, as I always am, to be around a bunch of great medical professionals and, of course, to be within a three-wood of Northside Hospital in, in coming. And I always say you could hit a three-wood to Northside if you could hit a three-wood. And I know, John, that leaves you out. But other than that, you know, you can, it's right nearby. So let's talk about allergic reactions in general. So an allergy happens when your body overreacts to a trigger that for most people is typically harmless. And this might be hay fever. It could be asthma, eczema, where you get skin irritation. It could be a food allergy, which might give you a rash, or it might give you diarrhea, or it might give you other things. And there are estimates out that suggest that about one out of four people is allergic to something. And about half of all allergy sufferers are children. They're much more susceptible to this kind of thing. And the symptoms of allergy can be anything from very mild to incredibly severe. And the most severe type is anaphylaxis, which may cause death if you don't intervene pretty quickly. So in most cases, there are very effective treatments to manage and to treat allergy symptoms. Now, some of the symptoms you might have could be swelling of the lips, face, and eyes. You can have sneezing in the case of inhaled allergies and that kind of thing. Your runny nose, of course, red, watery eyes, that kind of thing. You can wheeze or have a cough. A lot of times a cough is just a symptom of irritation in the bronchial tubes, and that can be from allergy. You can have breathing trouble, you're, you can have a reaction so bad that the uh, trachea will swell and the uh, your throat will basically close up, is a term people use on it a lot, and basically you end up, in that case, having a respiratory arrest, and the treatment for that is much more involved than anything I had to go through. Your tongue can swell, you can have headache, a rash, stomach pain. You can even have vomiting and diarrhea. So there's a lot of things that happen, but the main thing is a sense of something being wrong and itching is probably, it's very close to universal if it's not universal. So there are a lot of very common allergens and anything in the environment that can cause an allergic reaction like we're talking about is called an allergen. And there are different types, but they all share one thing in common. They all are, have or are made up of some sort of protein. So allergens don't contain protein to begin with, but they bind with some of them, bind with other proteins inside your body. And that combination molecule is what causes the reaction. So food like shellfish and eggs and peanuts, you hear a lot about nuts, of course, uh, plants like grasses and, and pollens and things. Medications, whether it's prescription or not, doesn't make any difference. You hear about people being allergic to penicillin all the time. The one I was taking is a little bit more bizarre than that, but it can be anything. And even insect bites, even dust mites can cause an allergy. Now, that might be just an inhaled allergy where you get congestion and stuff, but still it's an allergy. So when you have this reaction, what happens is your body recognizes whatever this protein is, whatever you put in your body. <clears throat> as a foreign substance and starts this long involved reaction process to that quote foreign substance. So it's basically a case of mistaken identity. The allergen gets in the body, it's wrongly identified as being dangerous. And in response, your immune system makes antibodies to attack that allergen. 
Now, in a case of allergy, the antibodies are IgE antibodies. And if you followed anything about COVID pandemic, you've heard about IgM and IgG, and those are things that work otherwise. But IgE is the allergy antibody. <clears throat> and when this allergen is recognized, the antibodies trigger this cascade of reactions inside your body, in, which includes the release of chemical chemicals known as mast cell chemicals. And these are substances that the body normally uses to destroy bacteria and viruses. And the most common one of these is histamine. Everybody's familiar with histamine. If you have allergies, you take antihistamine and so forth. And in small amounts, the histamine causes just an itching and redness of a local area, like a bee sting, for example. But in large amounts, when it's released in large amounts, the local blood vessels get dilated. The area swells and accumulates fluid and causes more trouble. Now, the immune system in a lot of people has a tendency to overreact to otherwise harmless substances. And we found that this really runs in families. It's a genetic trait that some people have and some don't. And this, the term that we use for that is atopy, A-T-O-P-Y. And if you may have heard people talk about atopic dermatitis and that kind of thing, that's talking about atopy, which is allergy. And a lot of doctors describe a person that has allergy as being an atopic. And these people have a raised level of this IgE antibody in their blood. So if you get one of these reactions and it gets carried on to uh, a greater extent, then you are at risk of what's called anaphylaxis. And that's a serious allergic reaction that is very rapid in onset and can cause death. And the symptoms, like I mentioned, include more than one organ system. It might be the skin or the mouth and the lungs or the heart and the gut and so forth. But it's, it's multi-organ involvement. And the symptoms are very similar to plain old allergy, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, along with, in a lot of cases, shortness of breath, trouble wheezing, trouble breathing or wheezing. And some people will make an, an audible, if you don't know what a wheeze is, will make an audible whistle almost when they breathe. And that's because the bronchial tubes are getting tighter and tighter and the air is moving over smaller through a smaller surface and it causes that noise. So you have to treat anaphylaxis right away to provide the best possible chance for improvement and recovery because it's one of those things like I said it's a cascade of reactions so one thing causes another causes another and another and if you don't break that cycle as quickly as you can you can end up with a, a major problem and the the thing that we use most often to try to break that cycle is epinephrine or adrenaline and epinephrine is by far the most uh, important treatment is the most readily available thing. People carry an EpiPen. You probably remember the controversy a few years ago about what they cost and so forth. They're much cheaper now, thankfully. But an EpiPen is something that can can save your life. And you, if you have serious allergies, you should always carry a two-pack EpiPen, two EpiPens together with you so that you can treat a reaction wherever you might be. Now, if you're allergic to medications, like my episode last week, then you just don't take that medication. But if you're allergic to bees, for example, or in a lot of cases, nuts, because they're fairly common, then, you know, you might have a problem when you didn't introduce it yourself. It kind of got introduced for you. 
And then you'd be glad that you had an EpiPen with you. <clears throat> but what you want to do is you want to promptly inject the medicine at the first sign of reaction. You should never take a wait and see attitude. You've heard me on this podcast say many times, not to say the five most dangerous words in the English language. And I should quiz John and ask him what they are, but I won't do that because he probably didn't remember. Maybe it will go away. Uh, you don't say that if you think you're having an allergic reaction. Nobody ever regretted doing a shot from an EpiPen later on. It's never a bad idea. So you, if you have significant allergies, you should seriously consider carrying these with you. Uh, women are fortunate. Most of them carry a pocketbook. You can throw that in a pocketbook. Um, but if you're, if you're a guy and you don't carry a MERSE, you should in some way, try to keep an EpiPen with you if you do have a history of serious allergies. And don't ever hesitate to call 911. This is what 911 exists for. This is why they have a job. This is what they want, what they live for. You need to pick up the phone and call 911 anytime you think you're having a life-threatening reaction or life-threatening anything else. And just don't hesitate. You will not be sorry you did it. So the whole process with anaphylaxis happens because, like I said, your body sees this protein as being foreign, creates this antibody. And then the first time it happens, it just creates the antibody. And it doesn't do anything to cause an allergic reaction or anything. It just creates an antibody. So now you have this antibody circulating in your bloodstream. And the next time you're exposed to, in my case, the medication or a bee sting or nuts or whatever it might be. The next time you get that into your system, the antibody sees that and the antibody will then attack that protein and forms this complex, which starts this whole process. So you, you won't be allergic to really anything the first time you're exposed to it. The first time after you create these antibodies and you can't know when you do or when you don't, that's when you get the reaction. And I'll, I'll have people very commonly say, well, I've been taking that medication for 30 years and that's fine, but your body didn't recognize it as foreign until the last time you took it. So that this time when you took it, you get this whole involved reaction that causes vasodilation. You get the blood vessels dilated. You get uh, spasm in the bronchial tubes. So now your blood pressure is low and you're having trouble breathing. And you get those other chemicals released that cause swelling in the face and the hands and in the skin. And it's just a, a brutal reaction. Now, some of the most common things <clears throat> are, like I mentioned, nuts, shellfish, that kind of stuff. But we see more and more people who are allergic to latex. And over the last, I guess, 10 years, we've gotten away from using latex in the office, latex gloves and stuff. We don't have any latex gloves in the office. Now we use nitrile, which is a much less favorable, in my opinion, form of glove, but it doesn't cause allergic reactions. So that's a good thing, obviously. And latex can even cause respiratory problems because when you put on latex gloves, you can have a little tiny latex particles become airborne and they can give you a problem. Now, another thing that will cause a similar reaction, but it's not technically an allergy is exercise. And I, I think I'm onto something here, John, because I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to exercise. 
And it, it causes much of the same sort of thing, but it's based differently. But it can happen with seasonal changes, with temperature changes. If you're taking certain medications and then you exercise, you can have a problem. So, you know, don't ignore how you're feeling just because you didn't eat peanuts or take a medication or get stung by a bee. You know, if you're, if you're feeling symptoms, like I'm describing, you need to, if you don't have an EpiPen and you probably would not in that case, call 911. Don't try to drive yourself somewhere. You'll end up passing out and having a wreck. You call 911. <clears throat> you don't run around doing stuff. You don't want to circulate blood any faster than you have to. You want to chill and call 911 and wait for them to come help you. And they will. So a lot of people who have allergies don't end up with anaphylaxis, but they do have asthma. And a lot of asthma is allergic. Now, most of it is inhaled allergies. Think uh, tree pollen and that kind of thing. But even then, it's still based on an allergy. And when you have people who have asthma and allergies, then they're at a higher risk of developing anaphylaxis because they have this elevated level of IgE antibody in their system. So it's important if you do have asthma to manage that, to keep it at bay, to use your medicines, your inhaled medications typically, and that kind of thing, so that you don't compound your problem by later on having an allergic reaction as well. So if you want to prevent anaphylaxis, and trust me, if you ever go through what I went through last week, you'll, you'll want to prevent it. The first thing is know your allergens. You know, if you feel like you have an allergy issue, see an allergist, get some testing done to find out exactly what you are or aren't allergic to, but know that, and then avoid those allergens. Hey doc, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Hey doc, I wheeze when I do this. Well, don't do that. So avoid things that you're allergic to. If you know you have a drug allergy, be familiar with the generic name of that medicine and the brand name of that medicine. Be familiar with metabolites of that medicine. So many medications today are metabolites of older medications, which is to say you, you take a, a medication, let's take uh, Claritin. You take Claritin, and the first time it goes through your liver, it's metabolized into a different molecule. It's basically split in half. <clears throat> and it becomes what's called Clarinex is the brand name of that other medicine. So if you are allergic to Clarinex, you need to know that you're also allergic to Claritin. If you're allergic to Nexium, you need to know you're also allergic to Prilosec. And you won't know that just inherently. So you need to have a conversation with your doctor about what you're allergic to and what you need to avoid and so forth. You need to be educated about this because it's important. If you have food allergy, Obviously, you need to be reading labels, you need to be aware, you need to ask in a restaurant how they prepare foods. Most people are familiar with the fact that the people who are allergic to nuts uh, can be uh, in a severe situation if they're just inhaling the air where people are preparing nuts because they, they aerosolize pretty easily. Keep your EpiPen with you. Keep it up to date. Now, if it... If, it's, if you've had it a year and a month, it's still an EpiPen. Right? But if you've had it three years, you might want to get an updated EpiPen. And don't keep it in the glove box of your car all the time because the temperature changes will make it 
Lord knows what medication. So it's not longer an EpiPen. I'm pretty sure about that. Have a plan in the back of your mind. Know what you're going to do if you end up in this situation. And I hope you're already thinking that the first thing you're going to do is call 911 because that needs to be the first thing that you do. It's not a bad idea in certain in situations with nuts and that kind of thing, bee stings, to wear a, a medical ID bracelet so that people can identify the fact that you have that kind of problem. If you get stung by a bee and you pass out, you're not going to be awake to tell them that you got stung by a bee, but if you have a bracelet or a necklace that says you have a bee sting allergy, then that can be great information for whoever comes upon you and is trying to help you. So if you've had anaphylaxis in the past, you're at risk for an anaphylactic reaction to something else. Turns out I had an anaphylactic reaction to a typhoid shot when I was 15 months old. And mama took me to the doctor. Well, country doctor gave me a typhoid shot. She got me home and started turning blue. She took me back. He did whatever. And I was okay. And so I've always had allergy issues. So if you do have that kind of thing, you're at risk of it happening again. And if you are at risk, talk to your doctor about the triggers, talk to your doctor about the symptoms, about medications, if it's that and what you need to avoid. Be sure you have an updated EpiPen on hand and have a plan. And that, that plan needs to be something other than just calling 911. You know, you need to know what you're going to do. People need to know that you have these allergies. Don't keep it secret. Let your family members and your friends know that you're allergic to X, Y, or Z so that if things start happening, they can know that and they can help you. Because if you get in a really bad situation, you're not going to be in any condition whatsoever to help yourself. You're just not. And John, that's what I have on when medicines turn bad. So one question we have here is, how allergies and allergic reactions, well, you're, maybe the question is your susceptibility to uh, uh, allergies changes over time and how you well, need. It can. And, and, it absolutely can. Yeah. And, and one thing you see is that if people have numerous reactions to things, then that makes them have more reactions to things. And the reason is you build up more of that IgE antibody in your body. And the more that you have, the more likely you are to have an allergic reaction. Now, the other comment here is you said the five most dangerous words are what? Maybe it will go away. I thought the five most dangerous words were, let me check with Google. <laughs> Those are the second most five words, without any doubt. Those are the most irritating five words. <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. Absolutely the most irritating five words that there are, without any doubt. Yeah. Well, we we've got um we've got a little speaking of questions from our audience, we've got a little bit announcement on on that. Do you want me to take that? Yeah, talk about that. So folks, we we have instituted a uh show host comment and question line where you can call in and leave your question and we will answer it on the air. Assuming it's semi-clean, we will. Um, 
but no, seriously, go. All you have to do is call four zero four five three zero nine six nine one, and just leave. Uh, you know, if you want to leave your name and and uh, or even just your first name and uh, and your question, and we'll uh, play it on the air, and uh, Doctor Morrow will answer it. We're planning on a an all question episode. Episode all Q and A episode at some point in the future. Uh, so if you want to participate in that, we'd love to have you do that. That would be great. I really appreciate you setting that up, John. Uh, that's something that we've been wanting to do since we started doing the podcast, and uh, I think this would be a great opportunity for that. If you don't want your voice played on uh, the podcast, just say that on the message, and we'll just read your your question or your comment. But it's a good place to leave show topic ideas. We've talked about that a lot, and I've gotten several uh, show topic ideas from friends and patients and listeners. And I, I'm really tired of of going through all these different medical experiences to have something to talk about. So I really don't want to do that a whole lot more. So I would love other ideas. Uh, but I, th- I think this is great. And during the podcast, uh, you can you can do that. Uh, these do go out live on occasion. We haven't done a great deal great many of them live lately, but, um, I've been talking to John about doing this on YouTube, but he says, I have to lose a lot more weight before I can do that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it, John. I'm working on it. Right. Well, uh, I can't go around preaching about anybody's weight, so we're not going to do that. But, um, no, uh, seriously, we, we, we have benefited from hearing from our, uh, listeners and, uh, uh, you are what makes it happen for us. And, uh, so we want to be responsive to you and what you want to know about. So, uh, if you've got a show topic that that's, that can, uh, Dr. Morrill can opine on for 30 minutes, that's awesome. Uh, or if you just got a quick question, you know, call that number 404-530-9691, or of course there's good old, uh, email and social media and you can reach out to us there as well. You know, on, uh, e- by email, you can reach me at toyourhealthmd at gmail.com. And on Twitter, we are at toyourhealthmd. And, so uh, as, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say is, uh, uh, if, if we get enough questions, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll create an episode out of the Q and A, uh, but certainly we'll answer them along the way in this, uh, last part of the show that we always have. Right. So for now, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next time. Depends on what I end up in the hospital with, I guess. (laughs) But uh, for now, that is to your health.